Welcome, foolish listeners, to the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. I am your host, your show host. (laughs) Ah, is this show's time bar actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? And consider this dismaying observation. There's no skip or rewind button. (laughs) Which offers this chilling challenge. To find a way out! (laughs) Of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. My name is Bryce, and I am here with the one, the only, the amiable James. What's up, boy? Good evening, my friend. It's that's uh, (laughs) quite the entrance. I don't think I can live up to those those uh, titles, my friend. But uh, I will certainly try try. to keep up. (laughs) I will try. I will try. (laughs) Try, try again. We have got quite a bit. Well, I take that back. We don't have all that much to talk about, really, (laughs) this week. So what we decided to do was play a game. And we're going to go through some news first before we get to the game. We're going to talk about Barry Jenkins and why his name should be important to you, uh, especially for the next couple years at least. We're going to talk about Nick Fury and Disney+. Plus. We're going to talk about Miss Marvel. We're going to talk about Mandalorian Season 2, finally, because we forgot to do it last time. And then once we're done with that, we're going to go right into our feature presentation, which is going to have me and James taking the X-Men movies and recasting them with Disney animated characters. But before we get into all of that, I would like to think that this show has a certain rhythm to it, a little bit of a cadence to it. And whenever something truly bad happens in the parks... It kind of throws that off, so I want to address that now before we go and get into the fun of the show. Uh, James, this week, and I know you saw this because I saw it as well, and Chris actually sent it to the group, 28,000 people got laid off from Disney, which is crazy to think about. It's amazing. Disney was such a large employer of people in the area, in Orlando and in California and all that. And this virus has just come through and just eradicated things. It's it's really, really what it is is sad. You know what I'm saying? It is. It's, uh, it's going to devastate not just entire families, but entire communities. Because you got to imagine, look, people that work at Disney, they're not just at Disney all the time. I mean, they might work there for like 12 hours a day or 20 hours a day. But (laughs) when they do go home or they do go out, they're going to go out to local bars, local restaurants, local movie theater, coffee joint, that kind of thing. Those will now go under because there's not going to be any people there. And that's not good. Exactly. All their little frequent joints. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of just talking about what you're saying real quick about the movie theaters there's a lot of talk about movie theaters needing a bailout because movies keep getting pushed 
right? Like last week we talked about how Black Widow got pushed. Well, if movies keep getting pushed, Black Widow did it. Uh, I know Wonder Woman 84 coming out did it. And yep. another movie did it just recently. I they just what pushed movie that was. Um, James Bond to April. Yes. Which it scared the bejesus out of me because I was like, oh, God, please don't make that November 2021. Because I've been <sighs> waiting for James Bond for such a long time. And I am a massive James Bond fan. So, Right. Well, but you have all of these movies getting pushed and the movie it's theaters hurting. are open. There's nothing to play. Exactly. And that's the problem. If they don't have anything to play, no one's going to risk coming out to the movies. Nope. Because why would they? Right? There's nothing like, there. Why would I risk going to see a movie like Jurassic Park in theaters when I own it on Blu-ray? I can watch it on my television. I have my surround sound. Not only that, but it's on Netflix. I can watch it yes. literally whenever, wherever I want. Theaters need new movies. They do. Severely. And, and for them not to have them coming out and for them to be getting pushed by the studios... It's really, really bad for the theaters. I just, I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to last. Yeah, I don't know. I know for me, um, so so Regal Cinemas, they're based out of Knoxville. And I did not know that right. until I moved here. Um, but their flagship theater was just remodeled during this pandemic. Not the best time to be remodeling a movie theater considering there's no one even going. But right. the first movie I've been able to actually see this year was Tenet. And I thought it was the perfect popcorn movie to come back to the theaters for the first time. And I know everyone that was in the theater, there was only 10 of us, but everybody in there was just so happy to be back at the movie theater. But other than Tenet, I really don't know what else is that. I think Mutant, the new Mutants was out, and I don't think that did very good, did it? No, no, not really. <laughs> the movie was fine. Like me and Jamie went to go see it. We went and saw it in a drive-in. But that's what's 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 becoming popular is the drive-ins. Exactly. But we're not here to talk about theaters and nope. their woes. We're here to talk about the cast members. It's it's just it's just a sad situation. You know, I feel bad for him. I feel terrible for him. I'm sure you do as well, James. Oh yeah. And if Chris were here, I'm sure he would feel terrible. I mean, go back and listen to the last episode that we just did. James, you sang the praises of the cast members for half of that show. They are the most essential piece of Disney. Without the cast members, you don't have Disney. Right. I don't know. It's just it's just a, such a weird time that we're all living in that it just mm -hmm. makes it hard to even know what to do i've been talking about that a lot with my friends lately it's just like there's no there's no playbook there's nothing to go back on and go oh yeah if we do x then y is gonna happen we're all just kind of shooting in the dark and hoping for the best and so yeah it is what it is but in any case to the cast members if any of you listen to this show we are sorry that you're going through this and while i don't have anything set up for them because it's I just don't have that kind of show I know that there are a number of shows who do have GoFundMe set up yeah. for the cast members I know WDW Radio has one set up 
I believe the Retro Disney Podcast has one set up, James, right? I don't know if they do. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that um, the Diz Unplug has something. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. So they, They're always doing good things. Guys, if you want to go and you know support the cast members, there are places that you can do that. Um, but as for us, you know, we say we're sorry, and that's all we can really say for right now. You know, I wonder if we could maybe when when I was when I was doing um, my podcast with my friends last night, we were all trying to figure out a way to help them, and one of um, one of my friends recommended something and i love his idea there's so many twitch gamers that get money sent to them what if they did a fundraiser but did disney games and had a couple of the actual cast members on and it's like although obviously we can't raise enough money for twenty-eight thousand people even if we had you know, one to four cast members on there and they could just share some really cool stories about being a cast member or maybe really special um, situations that they were able to help out guests or something like that or just cool behind the scenes, you know, stories about working in the parks. I would love to do that. I know there's a lot of people out there who would love to hear that stuff. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, cast members have to have crazy, crazy stories. They, they really do. <laughs> but I, I just, I, w- I want to help those people. I mean, this, this is my biggest thing. When you don't have work, yes, unemployment is available. But there is a certain sense of pride. And especially when you have worked at a highly esteemed job for years on end. And now you've lost that. Where do you go work? It's not like you're going to be like, I'm going to McDonald's. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, I... But that's why it's there, obviously. Um, exactly. But where do you work? <laughs> I'm sure that people are going to... I'm sure that employers are going to look at the years that they put in at Disney and go, yeah. Oh, hey, you got laid off. It's not like you were out there screwing around and you got fired from Disney. Yes. They liked your work. You were a good employee. And now you're looking for work. The problem is... Now they have 28,000 people looking for work in Orlando and California. That's not ideal. No. Those cities can't sustain that, I wouldn't think, especially not right now. Nope. I don't know. It's a really sad situation. And And so... Did did you notice the, um, like, Universal, they really thought that they were going to be booming with business, and it's Universal slow, too. So they um, temporarily shut down, I think, two of their resorts. So that's, I mean, that's a big deal. Those are, those resorts are massive. And I know They're Disney huge. hasn't opened up all of their resorts, but um, I watched uh, a live feed uh, yesterday for Here With The Magic, um, Jason Knapp, and he walked from the Grand Floridian to the Polynesian and barely saw anybody and i'm just like those are massive resorts and you mean to tell me that there's nobody there i mean it was crazy and he just walked up to um the area by ohana to and he just pretty much got ribs and he didn't even have to like wait or nothing it was just it was empty it was crazy you know it's such a drastic difference that from what you and i are used to because we're used to going 
in peak season. You know what I'm saying? I mean, anything before coronavirus was peak season. There was no down season in Walt Disney World. And so to see it so empty, like, even if there are people there, it still looks like a ghost town. Yes, it sure does. And it's like you want it to get better. Well, of course. The question is, can it? And if it can, how long will it take? And can Disney hold out for that length of time? You know? I'm um, I'm just hoping that obviously Disney's not going to go away. But if they continue to remove people that are essential to the Disney quote-unquote experience, it's not going to be anything less. And just like I said last night, you can't replace people with screens. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. You're right. But it might be what needs to be done for now. You know what I'm saying? No, you won't have that same level of magic that you would get as going and talking to any of the cast members if you went up and had to use your phone to be like, oh, here's where I am and here's where I can get X or whatever it is. But if that means keeping the parks open, that might be the way Disney ends up having to go. Mm -hmm. Because as much as we'd all like to think, oh man, Disney is just a magical place. Disney is a playground. Disney is this. Disney is that. At the end of the day, Walt Disney World and Disneyland, and all of the other parks across the world, they're all businesses. And people don't like to hear that. Nope. People don't like, oh, it's it's not a business, it's magic. And it is, but it is also a business. And Disney, unfortunately, has to make business decisions. They have to make the right decision for their business, even if it's not the popular one. And nine times out of ten, a business decision is not going to be the popular decision because it's going to involve cuts. Yeah, and lots of them. You know, any taking away any number of things. It just, who knows? But if Disney tries to be, you know, quote-unquote the good guy and keep everybody on and keep paying them, then they would go out of business. You know what I'm saying? It like doesn't take They long. didn't say, exactly. They didn't go, oh, we, we just want to cut 28,000 people today. They didn't do that. I'm sure it was not done with, you know, with malice or anything like that. Oh, they no, went no. out there and went, this is a terrible situation. This is the situation that we're in. And because of that, this needs to happen now. And we're sorry. Did you see, you know? um, uh, like, Josh Diamaro, he went to, because Downtown Disney opened yesterday over in Disneyland. Right. And he went there and waited outside because he, he was the one that wanted to announce, hey, look, we have to let all of you go. And it really messed with the guy, you know, because he, he was really trying to keep people there. And that he was, like, pleading with with uh, California to open up for Disneyland because he was like, we're more than ready to open. Got everything in place. And they were like, nope, we're not ready yet. So um, he knew that they were going to have to lay off all those people. And so that's why he was, like, so adamant about it. But he waited outside and literally talked to all the cast members and stuff. Um, that, to me, is just incredible leadership. Because a lot of upper management wouldn't do that at any company. Exactly. So yeah, guys, unfortunately, that's just the big news that came out of Disney this week. And it's unfortunately just not real happy news. 
but me and James did just want to take a minute before we get into the rest of the show to talk about it. All right, James, on to some happier things then. Now, have you seen The Lion King from 2019 yet? I actually finally broke down and decided to still not watch it because it looks dumb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good choice, my friend. Boycott Lion King. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was it was not good. (laughs) It is still to this day. If anybody of if any of you have <laughs> listened to my review of Mulan, you know that I was not a fan. Um, I still liked it more than I liked the Lion King remake. There was so little to like about the Lion King remake. Billy Eichner, uh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. That would have been a very funny Pumbaa. Um, <laughs> I can't even think of the guy's name right now. I just, all I'm thinking is Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Seth Rogan. That's his name. Seth Rogan. Uh, he was Pumbaa, and then John Oliver was Zazu. Those three people were fantastic. But I did not like the rest of the movie. And the reason I am bringing that up now is because there's a director. His name is Barry Jenkins. In 2019... The Lion King came out, and it made $1.6 billion. Now, James, I don't know if you know this. That is a lot of money. That is almost all of the money. It made so much money that Disney said, well, obviously we need to make a sequel to The Lion King. So, Jon Favreau's Lion King is now getting a sequel directed by Barry Jenkins. And I gotta tell you, I'm I'm still not super happy about it. I'm still not happy about it. They were talking about the movie, and they were talking about how it was going to include Mufasa's origin story. I don't care about that. As much of a fan of The Lion King as I am, and I'm a big fan of Lion King, and I'm a big fan of Mufasa. Mufasa was a great character in that movie. I don't care about his backstory. You know what I'm saying? You're already fighting an uphill battle yeah, to get me involved. And Mm. they said that it's going to cut back and forth. They said that it's trying to kind of conjure memories of Godfather Part 2. And you're like, "Ah, all right. I mean, I see what you're doing. But are you going to bring James Earl Jones back to play a young Mufasa? I hope not. Probably not. I would certainly hope not because... And I know you haven't seen it, James, but man, does he sound tired. He sounds super tired in this remake. (laughs) And it's kind of sad, but (laughs) I mean, everybody wanted it. I wanted it. I wanted James Earl Jones to come back to play Mufasa. And I got what I wanted, but it just, it didn't have the same power. It didn't have the same kick. So James, what are your thoughts? I mean, as someone who hasn't seen this, this first remake... Would you even be interested <laughs> in a sequel at all? You know, I, I got to say, I might double down and not watch the second one, too. <laughs> I, I liked Mulan. 
and we know right. how you feel about Rula. <laughs> yeah. That was the funniest contrast of opinions. I'm just like, oh, I love this movie. It's so great. And you're just like, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, I will graciously bow out. Bow out. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. It's a completely original story. And all of this information is coming from Deadline. So it being a completely original story, it means that they're not going to be doing Simba's Pride, right? They're not going to be doing Lion King one and a half, right? So that's fine. I'm I'm for the original story. I don't really know if I want it centered around Mufasa. I would very much like to see the progression of Simba, but whatever. Because, I mean, of everybody in that first movie, I thought Donald Glover was one of the better voice actors in it, but I digress. The other thing that they've said about this remake that has me really nervous is that it's going to have all original music. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck. Because if it is as good as Spirit is, I'm not going to be able to get through the movie. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to walk out of that movie theater because Spirit is awful. That was the song that Beyonce recorded for this remake, and they put it in the scene where Simba and Nala are running back to the Pride Lands to go take on Scar. And the true problem with that is, A, it is a bad song. I just don't like it. I don't care for it. But B, they have such good music for that exact scene in the Broadway play. Pull it over. Pull it over. The Lion King is one of the best-selling Broadway plays ever. It might be the best-selling Broadway play ever. I think you, yeah, I think you might be right. Bring that music over. Is anybody going to be sad that you brought over that music? I don't think so, because that might be one of the only things that you held on to from the musical standpoint, because the rest of the music in that movie, it was... It was half-cocked. It didn't go well. So I've been fairly down on this story. I gotta be honest, I'm still gonna go see it. You know what I'm saying? I am still going to go see this movie when it comes out. And to that end, I hope I like it. I hope it's good. My, My big question mark is the music and Beyonce. Because Beyonce was Nala in that first remake. And man, was was she rough? She was very, very flat. Yeah, and that's not what you're looking for in your lead, man. <laughs> it doesn't look. I don't know, man. Them them movies look lame. All I know is I heard them singing "Be Prepared," which is like probably my favorite villain song. Um, it's hard to beat. And they butchered it like a public sub so i don't know what they were going for (laughs) um that was just it was horrible bro yeah it was some some weird slow spoken word poetry thing going on and then all of a sudden you're in the middle of the song you're like oh wait wait 
<laughs> we are in the middle of the song. Uh, what, what's happening? And I don't like any of this. And then it was sad. <laughs> I, I know it, it was reminiscent of the Nutcracker in the Form Realms. Was it? I think I think not. <laughs> was that movie worse? I don't know. I didn't see that because it looked like no. a hot pile of garbage. Nutcracker in the Four Realms was awful. But Lion <laughs> King was a little bit better. <laughs> James, it so, was a four, not a three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if I could put the Lion King... Because the Lion King at least had effort put into it where... The Nutcracker in the Four Realms didn't feel like it did. But that's just me. That's a filler movie. That's back when that's when that's back when production companies were like, eh, this might suck, but we'll still make it anyway. Now it's (laughs) like, this better be the best movie ever, because if we can put it in the theater, it might not make money. Exactly. (laughs) They can't be taking risks. All right, James, let's move right along, my friend. Because I might not have been overly excited about The Lion King 2 coming out, but I am pretty excited about the announcement of Disney Plus's new show, Nick Fury. That is a show that I wasn't really sure we were going to get. I didn't think that they'd be like, oh yeah, Nick Fury needs his own show. Although they are doing the Hawkeye show, they're doing the Black Widow movie. You have to have your trifecta of secret agent movies, so I kind of get it, but... I don't know. James, are you interested in a Nick Fury show? Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch it. Um, I'm probably one of the few people that liked Captain Marvel. Um, <laughs> I did, too. Is it, I is did it a too. good I movie? Good. No, it's a bad movie, but it's very entertaining, just like the movie 2012. <laughs> it's god-awful, but I will watch it a thousand times. Why? <laughs> I have no idea. But yes, it's it's very entertaining. So, yes, I, I think if there's a Nick Fury movie, sign me up. I'm, I'm in. And, and that's the thing. Disney Plus is awesome for having an opportunity to expand on characters that we all love. So, And with, you know, a lot of these actors are like, I don't think I'm going to be making movies for quite some time. They're seeing the money is now in TV shows in all reality. So it's not movies anymore it's like yeah you might make it big on one movie but (laughs) you might think it's going to be a a big hit and it's a big flop so exactly do little anybody oh (laughs) was bad (laughs) that was so bad dude it it like bombed that weekend It, it literally there there were uh there were movie theaters that pulled it that weekend because it wasn't good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah man I'd be I'd be really excited to see a Nick Fury show because who doesn't love Samuel L. Jackson Samuel L. Jackson is just such an intriguing actor he sucks you in like you hear about people having gravitas on stage and whatnot and on screen Nick Fury or I'm sorry not Nick Fury well he is Nick Fury Samuel L. Jackson has gravitas and he pulls you in and whenever he's on screen you want to see what he's gonna do and you want to know what he's about to say because it's gonna be important and at the very least it's gonna be really cool (laughs) like i've never had nick although i will say in captain marvel he's like i can't eat my sandwiches if they cut diagonally i'm like that's stupid (laughs) yeah 
That was ridiculous. <laughs> it did make me laugh, though. There's uh, there's definitely some good good parts in, in the uh, Captain Marvel movie, and I, I liked him a lot in Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, he was great in Winter Soldier. He was really good in Winter Soldier. You know what's freaky? They de-aged him for Captain Marvel. Yes. And it doesn't look like it. Not a whole heck of a lot. No. I mean, it's not like the first time they did it for like Tron Legacy. You're just like, what is going on with this? Like, that's weird looking. Um, but I still love that movie. Tron Legacy is one of my favorite newer remake kind of movies. Is it really a remake though? It's kind of a sequel, I would say. It's a sequel. It's a sequel yeah. to the original Tron movie. Because I, I loved it. I, I've watched that movie tons of times. And that soundtrack, phew, man, they got some bangers in that soundtrack, my goodness. Daft Punk goes hard on their soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, they didn't hold back on that soundtrack. And and there's so many uh, remixes of it. It's like, I could listen to it all day long. It's awesome. Absolutely. Going into another little bit of Disney Plus news. Miss Marvel's finally been cast, yes. and that's kind of amazing. Because, to be quite honest with you, I forgot it was coming out. Same. You're getting all of this information about WandaVision. You're getting all of this information mm-hmm. about Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that's really where, you know, the heat is. That's really where you're paying attention to. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, we cast She-Hulk. Oh, yeah, that's right. She-Hulk's a thing. And then <laughs> a couple of days ago, they came out and cast Iman Vellana. Vellani? Is that the same girl from the, the Marvel game? The the Avengers game that just came out. I last do month? not know. I don't because think so. No, I because couldn't tell. She is a completely fresh actress. Oh, okay. so she's gone from doing nothing to being Miss Marvel, and okay. being Miss Marvel, being kind in the MCU. Deal. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Like, yeah, I'm in the same franchise as Robert Downey Jr. I'm in the same <laughs> franchise as Chris Evans, as Chris Hemsworth. Right. Yeah, it's a big deal. And so if they went with a completely fresh actress, number one, that's great because for people who watch the show, she is then going to be Miss Marvel forever. Yeah. And you hope that she's good because then she's Miss Marvel forever. But beyond that, what that tells me is they think she's really good. Yeah. Which is exciting because you can have a bad audition and someone look at your resume and go, yeah, you, you botched this audition, but look at what you've done in the past. I think yeah. I can work with you. Where with this girl, they saw her and they went, you killed it. Please come back. You are yeah. Miss Marvel. Tremendous. Would you say you're more excited for WandaVision or Winter Soldier? Or, or, or Winter Soldier and Falcon. It's at so first, hard. <laughs> it's at like first, so hard I was more excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. But after that trailer that came out and so showed cool us what WandaVision actually was going to be, because I wasn't exactly sure what it was all about. But then I see this trailer and I'm like, oh, oh, this is what this show is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in 100%. And honestly, I'm probably more excited for WandaVision. And it's not even just because of the fact that we are getting WandaVision 100%. Yeah. And we're still waiting to find out when we're going to get Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. It just looks really cool. 
It just looks really, really cool. It does. And I'm really excited about it. And that's that's coming out the end of this year, right? Uh, yeah, I want to say it's coming out the end of November. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's sooner than I thought. I thought it was coming out like the end of December or something like that. Um, it might be. I mean, we're three months out of the end of the year anyway, so it's not like it's too far away, you know? <laughs> right. They're going to have a busy month, this, this, but this month's going to be very busy um, with The Mandalorian being released on the 30th. So, Dude, I am so excited for Mandalorian mm-hmm. Season 2. And I know I said I was going to talk about it last week when we had Chris here. Unfortunately, obviously, that didn't happen. We forgot. But let's just take a really quick minute and talk about the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer now that it's, what, <laughs> three weeks old? Something think, like that? Um, maybe two. I, I Shoot, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was amazing. Yeah, it was really good. It the, was uh, amazing. And I'm happy they didn't give too much away. It was just enough to say... This is going to be good. They didn't even show a picture of Moff Gideon, which I'm totally fine with. Um, right. I think he's going to play a pretty decent-sized role in this season. And then, uh, and it was good to see some of the older characters come back. I, <laughs> You know what I was wondering? I wonder if we'll ever see the, uh, the guys that went on the heist with him in Episode 6. I really it, hope so. Because I liked <laughs> so many of those characters. Yeah. Mainly Bill Burr. Yeah, I know. He's so funny. He's so funny. But my second favorite character from that episode was the droid. He was played by Moss from the IT crowd. Yeah. He's, He's dead. so funny. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he, he is dead. He did the died. <laughs> but, man, I, I would really like to see them team back up. Because I like I liked that episode a lot. Yeah. Especially for as much as it doesn't really connect to the rest of the season. It's just really there to show you what the Mandalorian, not only what he can do, but who he is, like his morals and stuff like that. And then to see him going down that corridor with the alarms going off and the red lights flashing, Mm -hmm. he looked like a monster. Holy cow. Like you kind of forget like, oh, yeah. This guy is just a Terminator because you watch him and you're on his side and you want him to succeed. And when he does, you're like, good. But then you kind of see him from like almost this horror angle, which they also did in the first episode. I really like that show. I got to rewatch that show. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's fantastic. <laughs> and and I always, you know, I, I got to say, like the documentaries on Disney Plus are pretty exceptional if you ever get a chance um definitely watch the gallery for the mandalorian because the way they broke that up into different episodes was really cool like one was dedicated just to directors one was strictly to the uh the composing um and that same composer did tenet which man what a soundtrack (laughs) guys brilliant exactly um and and then they also talk about the volume, and that new filming style is, I, I it was kind of hard for me to wrap my head around how they were doing it. It's kind of wild. I mean, they can film at any point in time and get the perfect shot. So if it's a sunset scene, 
they were making the point that we could have a 15-hour sunset scene instead of, guys, we got 10 minutes of daylight. Let's not mess this up, you know? Um, yeah. Just, it, it's kind of weird how they have all those screens and they're on the ceiling and on the sides. And they can just pretty much swap around scenes within a matter of minutes on the fly. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's called their stagecraft technology. And it is really awesome. Because then you're also getting like natural lighting effects where before you kind of get fake looking shadows and lighting effects on the characters because they're trying to match the lighting and the shadows from the computer generated areas. So it's, it's really cool. And it makes for a very seamless transition between practical and CGI effects. Yeah, it was, I think what it was impressive was, for the actors that were doing it, they're like, look, I've had to do motion cap and all that stuff. They're like, but this made the experience that much more realistic for us. So it's like when you were shocked, it's like they were legitimately shocked because they're, you know, on a ship or uh, maybe they're riding right next to an, an actual like full scale sand crawler or something. It's the way they film that is just incredible. I, I, it was wild. I, I liked it. I, I can't wait for season two. I, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's kind of the uh, the bread and butter for Disney Plus. Yeah, as of right now, it definitely is. All right, James. Moving on from that, my friend. Last week, you and I and Chris discussed further evidence of how the Sony universe is actually going to be being tied into the MCU. Yes, we did. Right. And this week, we got confirmation that a character is coming back in the third Spider-Man movie who I never, ever thought we would see again. No. And it was Jamie Foxx's Electro. (laughs) Like, why would you bring him back? That was not the best. (laughs) It's not the best, and it's amazing that they did it with him why like i don't love alfred molina's dr octopus but he's a lot better than than electro he's a lot better than electro i do think this is really cool though because how much of this is going to tie into dr strange and the multiverse of madness are they going to tie all of these old movies in kind of the way the flash movie is doing with dc uh yeah i think I think they're going to have alternate timelines similar to The Flash. And once they do the multiverse of madness, that that to me is is probably going to be one of the coolest movies to ever come out. And it's supposed to be somewhat of a horror movie, right? Yeah, the Doctor Strange one is, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm very much uh intrigued as to how they how they're going to do it. What what'll be cool is if he gets a borderline trapped in an alternate timeline and he's like trying to escape, but realizing he still is only limited on how much time he can look at all these alternate realities to pick which one works with the end of, you know, the Avengers, you know, I think that's something that's going to be really interesting. That would be really cool. Trapped I would like in his that own mind. Exactly. And that'd be an interesting thing to take out Doctor Strange, because Doctor Strange is such a smart character. Arguably, the strongest part about him is his mind. 
So yeah. for his mind to attack him, that's pretty cool. I'm for it. So anyway, guys, I know this is not really a whole lot of news to bring out, but it is really cool that we could be seeing the Amazing Spider-Man's universe being brought into the MCU somehow. I am I am cautiously optimistic for this. I think this could be a lot of fun, especially if they rework the character to make him less just of a dork. Like, it's not even the right word to describe him because he was just... He was just a poorly written character. You know what I'm saying? Like Electro in Spider-Man 2. I... I... He's not my favorite character. The, the um, <laughs> Electro... It, it was Electro's definite. not your favorite character in general. Or are you talking about in that movie? It's just in that, in that movie, he's just not... I don't know. It, it it wasn't it wasn't mind blowing. I have to agree with you in saying Spider Man Two with with Tobey Maguire. That movie is so freaking awesome, and I don't know why, but it's never available to watch on any streaming platform. You have to pay for it. They're always like, "Hey, we got Spider Man 3. It's like, cool. I'll skip over no, thank that. You. I don't yes. like emo Spider Man, which I love that they made fun of in uh, Spider Verse. Now, have you seen that? Really good. Yeah, okay, Spider Verse is really good. They're they're making a sequel of that, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, well, that went almost directly into sequel because it just did so well, not only in the box office, but critics freaking loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was. You, really you knew good. it was going to be good when it was like the American Comics Association <laughs> giving it its stamp of approval. It's like, okay, <laughs> this is a good movie. <laughs> Especially with how odd the animation style was in it. Like, because yeah. it was really a weird, it weird wild. animation style. But it worked so well. I really liked that movie. I got to watch the movie again. Did you hear that they are, they're going to be doing a solo show um, for Han Solo? Where did you hear that? On the interwebs? I, it's got to be true. <laughs> it's got to be true. No, I, if yeah. I, I swear to God, anytime I see someone post something from we got this cover.com oh. i'm like that's not Garbage. happening it's trash <laughs> that website is always wrong <laughs> they're like kathleen kennedy was shot in the head today it's like <laughs> no she wasn't but please just stop posting garbage if we got this cover.com had its way <laughs> there would be a fox and the hound remake right now there'd be a robin hood remake right now There'd be all kinds of remakes. You're, you're being ridiculous. We got this covered. Disney Plus it. will be remaking G-Force 2. <laughs> I had a friend tell me, yeah, I saw this on We Got This Covered. They're going to completely redo this last trilogy of Star Wars movies. I'm like, what are you talking about? So like, yeah, because The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker were all so bad that people are going to go ahead and just remake it and get rid of all of like the the woke stuff out of the movies i'm like <laughs> you're out of your mind i'm like not only did those movies make multiple billions of dollars critically they did really well yeah not only that but the people who say they didn't like it are a rather small fraction of the audience granted with the last jedi it is split pretty well but 
on the other two movies, they are both really high. And I was like, you are, you have lost your mind, sir, if that's what you think is going to happen. <laughs> right. And now, our feature presentation. All right, guys. So what we're going to be doing tonight is, like I said, we had very little in the way of news to talk about things. So me and James decided to have a little bit of fun, and we are going to be taking on the role of casting director, and we are going to be recasting the X-Men movies. Without harassment charges. Exactly. No harassment charges, period. (laughs) And we are going to be doing this recast with Disney animated characters. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking these animated characters to play these X-Men characters, and we can go off of any number of things, whether or not we feel like they look like them, whether or not they have the same personality, whatever it is, we're going to give you the character, and then we're going to talk about why we chose them. I am really excited (laughs) about this. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Let's hop to it. All right, James. You want to go first or you want to go second? I will, uh, I will, <laughs> I, want to, I want you to take it out, take it out the park, brother. All right. We're going to start tonight's list with the giant metal hulking beast, Colossus. And for my Colossus, like, you know, you have your obvious picks here and there, but I could not think of one more obvious than Hercules. Ah. Right? Could you imagine that flaming-haired demigod just picking up my Wolverine and chucking him across the world? Like, that fastball special is, there's going to be no CGI in that fastball special. (laughs) That's the gospel truth. Hey, nicely done, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Who did you pick as Colossus, man? Gaston. Gaston. That's a good one. I like that pick because he's, you know, he can like randomly just pick up three blondes on a bench or, uh, you know, eat all the eggs available in their entire town while other villages are (laughs) trying to buy six eggs. They'll eat them all. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, I I figured him as, you know, Colossus isn't a bad guy. He's just kind of like you know, gets the job done. He's very mission oriented. And Gaston is a, he's a go-getter. He's got his own little bar and, you know, he didn't let the war, you know, ruin his life. He's, he was a entrepreneur. I got, I got respect for Gaston. So I got respect for Colossus too. I thought it was a nice little match. Nice. Absolutely. I like that. All right, man. So for my second casting, the next one down is Jean Grey. And I got to tell you, I've never liked the character of Jean Grey. Mm-mm. I've never liked her in the movies. I've never liked her in the comics, the cartoons, the video games. I just, I don't like her. And I don't know if it's because She's they always annoying. make her very, yeah, they always make her really whiny. Whiny. I just, not a fan. But I did think that with that whiny nature, she would pair great 
with this character that I just found because I just started watching this TV show. And it's a lot of fun. It's a good show. It's called Phineas and Ferb. Oh. And the character is Candace Flynn. Ferb's I've never Phineas Ferb. Phineas's sister. I think she would make a tremendous Jean Grey. I think she would make a great Jean Grey. And not only does she look like her, but she does already kind of act like her. Mm. And so I think she'd be a lot of fun. Um, just Who do you have for Jean Grey? What's up? I, for Jean Grey, I chose Ariel. That's a good one. That's a, that's a very good one. She's got the flaming red hair. The, it, the hair that, is hard to get past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and she's, you know, got a rare talent. She's got a heck of a voice. And Jean Grey was a rare talent as well. So that's why I kind of went along those same lines. But, yeah, that's what I had. Didn't think nice. much more of it. Could I, could I go past that and show you who I picked as Cyclops? Yeah, why not? I mean, Eric. that's the next one up. Eric? <laughs> yep. That is very good. Now, why did you pick Eric as Cyclops? But as far as matching them up properly, that was the only Disney couple that I could really see matching up with. Jean Grey and Cyclops perfectly matches up. That's true. It does. And, and see, oh, and Cyclops is, is somewhat of a good-looking character, and Eric, for the most part, uh, swoons women. So um, I would say that's going to go along those same lines. I can absolutely respect that decision because that does make a lot of sense. Now, see, I did not think that way at all. I actually went more towards Cyclops's ability, right? His, his ability to just blast ah. optics out of his eyes. And I thought, who would be able to shoot something very, very well, very pointed accuracy, and it has to be, it has to be Robin Hood. Ah. Right? Yes. I would love, love to see, to see how he's Robin. drawn as Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun, man. It would. That little fox running around with Hercules and Candace Flynn as Jean Grey and Colossus and Cyclops. I think we are onto something here, guys. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but honestly, I do think that Robin Hood would have the ability to hit those marks that Cyclops would need to hit as an X-Man because he's just so incredible with that bow. He's splitting arrows left and right in Robin Hood the movie. And then that's what we got with Cyclops. He's not. We're taking the bow out of the equation this time. It's just his eyes. It's perfect. Pinpointed accuracy. I got to tell you, the more I talked about it, the more I love that pick. Good for me. <laughs> yes. Great, great choice. All right, my friend. We are moving right along to the, ma not the Mad Titan, but he is a mean guy. We're going to talk about Apocalypse. I chose Maleficent. You chose Maleficent as Apocalypse. Okay. Tell me why. I think she may be one of the most intimidating villains of all time, and that is literally everything that embodies Apocalypse. So, um, was the X-Men movie Apocalypse good? Not really, but it was entertaining, and uh, I think, I think uh, 
Maleficent would actually play a really good Apocalypse. I would like to see how the makeup would be done and if it would be a little bit different, but I think overall, I think I think she would make a really good Apocalypse. Powerful. See, Very powerful. Exactly. You went with... You went the same route with Apocalypse that I went with on Cyclops, right? You went the powerful route. And I went the same route of Apocalypse as you did with Cyclops. Just like, hey, let's see if this character looks like this character. And I went with Mickey's number one arch enemy, Pete. Ah, Pete. Yes. Oh, because hey, goof. Apoc- <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> You're... You're very good at impressions, James. I should do some voice acting with you. You should. That'd be a lot of fun. (laughs) We should. We should do some stuff. That's what I did with uh with some of the friends on our on our podcast. We did we did all the uh, voices from the haunted mansion, and then we did the voices from the tiki room, and we were laughing so hard. It was pretty nice. Well, see, apocalypse, apocalypse is very big. He's very imposing. He's very intimidating. And so is Pete. Every time I've seen Pete in anything, he is always so much bigger. Like, even if he's not actually bigger than the other character, he's always drawn from a certain angle that makes him look that much bigger than the other character. And that's exactly how I picture Apocalypse. I could definitely see Pete being all blue, with a giant A on his belly instead of on his belt buckle, and the teeth coming out with the the big blue lips, I I think Pete would make a very good apocalypse. Do you know that Pete, if I am not mistaken, is actually predating Mickey Mouse? Really, mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. I was under the impression that Mickey was the first, aside from Oswald. Yeah, Oswald got stolen uh, by yes. Munz because uh, Munz was a turd. 28, 1928, Pete came out 1925. So he, he predates Mickey Mouse. <laughs> is wow. that crazy? That is crazy. Someone said that to me, and I'm like, I don't know about that. And I was like, I did some research a while ago, and I was like, okay then. <laughs> wow. I'm like, learn something new every day. So. Taking the host down, man. Well done. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh my. No more about it. But getting back, sorry. Excellent oh, choice, fun. man. Pete. Thanks, buddy. He and he's so he's always the villain, but it's like I liked him in a goofy movie because he was more he was a dad, obviously. Yeah. Um but it was, and I never, I don't think I've ever seen him as as a dad before. But it was, it was interesting, just the dynamic between him and Goofy. Uh, and, but I liked it because he was, he was a concerned parent. He was just like, "Hey, man, you're getting duped here." And it exactly. was like, "Is he a villain in that movie?" I wouldn't say he is. If anything, he's an antagonist. He was, but he's, he's, he's not more a villain. Of a negative person. But he was more or less a concerned parent and just looking out for his buddy Goofy. So exactly. Interesting. I mean, maybe maybe you could say he's the villain because his motives weren't really there. But yeah, yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying because he and it's a very different role than he ever had, even in the show Goof Troop. Like in the show Goof Troop, he was very much a protagonist to Goofy. So 
I don't know. I like you said, I really like the character of Pete. I love his voice. Jim Cummings. I mean, man's a genius. But moving right along, we are going to be talking about the Southern Belle herself, Rogue. James, who do you got for Rogue, my friend? I chose as Rogue Anna. Why? Because when you look at her, you're just like everybody knows who else is. Anna is somewhat pushed to the side. Rogue is almost the exact same way. She is somewhat off to the side, but not to be intimidated. She's feisty, right? All right, then. That That is a lot of thought put into that character. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I like and that. You don't see her... Well, yeah, no. If the, in, the, she's, in the first Frozen movie, she's pretty... She's pretty important in it, but she doesn't really do much other than like, hey, Elsa, you just jacked up the whole city. Oh, sorry. But in Frozen 2, she matures as a person. And just like Rogue is all alone, Anna, Anna, sorry, is all alone and has to deal with being lonely, but doesn't stop fighting. And that's why I have a deeper appreciation for it in that second movie. And as time progresses, I think Rogue's breakout is actually the very first X-Men movie because you actually see what she has to deal with. But in the other movies, she's just kind of a background character, unfortunately. I agree with that. That's a really good, that's a really good pick. I like that. I, Thank you. And as a bonus... Anna's already got that white streak in her hair. That's perfect. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Hey. For my rogue, I went with the only Southern Belle I could think of in all of Disneydom, Princess Tiana. There you go. I think Princess Tiana would make a great rogue, kind of for the same reason that you were saying about Anna. It's just Tiana is such a hard worker, but she always, that's not always, I guess, right? She is constantly getting screwed over by people in that movie. <laughs> be it, you know, like, hey, I'm going to go to this party, but then I'm going to only be serving food. And I am going to buy this this restaurant, but then, you know, you can't do that because you're a woman. She has to deal with a lot, and so does Rogue. And I think, I think Tiana would make a pretty good Rogue. I think you're dead on the money with that. Nice, buddy. And I don't know what it is about that movie but the soundtrack for but i know exactly where i'm going getting closer and closer every day and i'm almost there i'm almost there people down here think i'm oh, crazy great that song is so good the whole soundtrack is great i know dude going down the bayou <laughs> <laughs> yeah man my friend we have the shapeshifter herself, Mystique. Who did you choose as the blue woman? Mushu. Mushu? <laughs> Tell me why, James. Tell me why. I was really thinking of you, Bryce, when I did this because uh, okay. Mushu could kind of just turn into whatever he needs to at the time. He's not super powerful, though. And uh, he's not, I wouldn't say he's invincible. I don't know, maybe he is. He is Batman. He is the <laughs> highlight of that movie. And in multiple 
X-Men movies and on the show, Mystique was always like kind of the highlight. So, yeah. Well that, put, man. Now, I, I'm not going to say I was sitting down here for a long time thinking about that one, but I was like, Ooh, I'm going to put Mushu in there. <laughs> See, you oh, and man. I kind of went down a similar path again here because there was only one character that I have ever known. Mushu is a very good one. Mm. But there's the only other character that I could really think of who ever, ever did impressions was the dastardly Bertiago. And that's who I cast as Mystique. <laughs> because not only did he do impressions, but he did them very well. He did them so well. <laughs> he tricked Aladdin. He yeah. tricked the Sultan. Out he the was awesome. <laughs> And I mean, I really have no other reason to choose Iago other than for his insane mimicry skills. I mean, he is a parrot, so you should think that he would be able to mimic things. But man, he was great. And I'm talking about, obviously, the animated one. Because I don't think Alan Tudyk could make those impressions. (laughs) No. Whistleton. (laughs) Weaseltown. The Duke of Whistleton. <laughs> All right, James. Who do you have as Magneto? Frollo. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is really good. Dude, he's bad, dude. <laughs> he's <sighs> such a bad dude. And and the thing is, he thinks in his mind that he's doing the right thing, but he's really not. Does it sound like someone else, maybe? Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> Man, that's a really good pick. I, I, I'm telling you, I was, that's why I was so excited when you're like, hey, if you, if you decide, I'm like, oh, yes. I took my entire lunch break and just came up with all of these. So <laughs> I, I was so excited because I wanted to see what you guys had. And I'm, I'm kind of bummed that Chris wasn't able to join us, but yeah, I, I have too. to imagine he's got some goodies, too. Yeah, I, I would assume. See. My Magneto, I was having trouble with Magneto because yes. I wasn't exactly sure who to go with because you're looking for someone maybe just a little bit older. But whenever you see Magneto in the comics and even in the TV show, not so much in the movies, but he was always just jacked. He was ripped. He was a big guy. And so I went with somebody who is a little bit older, who's a jacked big guy, and he's not a villain. But he's definitely not a good guy. And I don't know if you've ever seen this show, James. But it comes from Gravity Falls. Grunkle Stan is who I have chosen as my Magneto. I don't know who that is. It really is for the fact of him being just... Grunkle Stan in the show is a con man. And he's being a con man because that's how he lives. Like, that's just what he does. And Magneto, too is a bad guy like i don't know like i said it's not a perfect one to one like you have an outstanding magneto your magneto is top notch my grunkle stan he would be good but he i don't think he's as good as frollo well done buddy thank you i you're welcome i I just i'm drawing a blank as to who gravity falls you said yeah have you never seen it I I have not. I I I've, Oh dude, it's a show. It is came it out. funny? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's very funny. Wow, this show's got a really high rating. 
because it's Uncle Stan. Okay, Alex Hirsch. Yeah, he was Jason the. Uh, Man, this is a freaking solid cast. What the heck? I've never watched this. I don't know. I'll I'll be honest. It looks stupid. Like just the, yeah, it looks the just animation like, style. Um, it doesn't look great. It looks like um, Rick and Morty, like uh, Brickleberry. Yeah, well, that actually, kinda... you know what's funny is that uh, there is a very very large fan theory going around that Gravity Falls is in the same universe as Rick and Morty. And it's been proven to be true because oh. the guys who made Rick and Morty and Gravity Falls are both really good friends. Alex Hirsch and Dan Harmon. Oh, okay. So, moving on. Who have you cast as the furry monster himself, Beast, James? I want to know. There was so much thought that went into this. None <laughs> other than Beast. Well done. <laughs> Well done. It was a pretty smooth transfer. It just changed the <laughs> hue to a nice blue. It was done. Well, well done, my friend. Well done. See, I, that's that's the immediate inclination, right? That's that's who you obviously want to go as. That Beast walks in to the audition. He's like, I've got this. My name is Beast. And that's what I am. I'm we kind beast. of thinking more or less Professor X. <laughs> what the... <laughs> So I didn't want to go with the the furry beast because, see, in the cartoons and in the later comics and even in the movie, the beast that we get is this big furry monster, right? It's far more visually interesting than what we initially got from Beast, which was this, this really jacked guy in a unitard with big hands and big feet who was very agile. But for my beast, that is the beast I went with, and I went with Wreck It Ralph because Ooh, great choice. Big hands, baby. You got those those ham hands, just knocking yeah. people around, taking out walls like the Kool Aid Man. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Boom. Who did you cast as Nightcrawler? <laughs> Who did I cast as Nightcrawler? Give me just a second. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Did you cast did you cast Quasimodo? Yeah. Dude <laughs> dude freaking uh Bob and Weaves through those uh those cathedrals like no other. And uh <laughs> Nightcrawler just kind of dips whenever he needs to. So And they're both right. kind of a freak and an outcast and uh you know, certain people show him compassion. In the movies, Storm showed um, Nightcrawler compassion. I don't know if it was like that in the cartoon show, but Nightcrawler is kind of the one that saves the day quite a few times. So He's oh, an yeah. essential X-Men. And uh, the Hunchback is a Notre Dame. If you didn't have him, then you wouldn't have the bells. Again, James, very well thought out. Very well thought out. I like that a lot. Because the, the immediate knee-jerk reaction when you hear oh, I've cast Quasimodo as Nightcrawler. <laughs> well, the immediate thing you want to do is laugh because it sounds ridiculous. Well, he looks because, ridiculous. Right, because just Nightcrawler is very lean, very acrobatic, and then you have Hunchback over there. <laughs> Hunchback. Um, but you know what, dude? That works. That works out really well. Strangely enough. <laughs> 
See, my Nightcrawler, I actually did put some thought into this one. And when I first thought of the character, I was like, nah, that's not who we want to go with. And then the character kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back. And then I started going, well, instead of why can't this be the character, why would it be the character? And why would it be the character is, going back to what I just said, it's the right body type. Very lean, very nimble, right? Then in terms of like adventuring, he doesn't want to adventure at first. And then when he finally does go out and do it, he finds that he's got a pretty good knack for it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't back down from a fight, even though he is so small. And who I'm thinking of is Milo Thatch from Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Ah. See, I think he would do really, really well. Because in the beginning of the movie, like he does want to go on the adventure until he kind of gets on the adventure. And he's like, oh, I might have made a big mistake. But then once he gets to Atlantis, he is he is very different. He is a different kind of person almost altogether than what he was going there. Because going to Atlantis, he's very meek and very to himself. But then once he's at Atlantis, it's like he's been, uh, oh, what's the word? Oh, man, I'm, I'm blanking on changed. the word. Well, yeah, he's changed, but he's been validated. That's the word I wanted oh, because yeah. he's like, this is where Atlantis is. And then he's proven, mm-hmm. yeah, that is where Atlantis is. Well done, Milo. And so he's got his confidence up. And that Milo right there at the end of the movie, I think would make a tremendous Nightcrawler. Mm. I think you're onto something, my friend. Thank you. It's nice being an armchair director. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, it's the best. <laughs> no stress. We uh, just lost that contract. (laughs) (laughs) Who is your princess of the storms, my friend? Kida. That's who I chose. Well done. (laughs) Well done. We don't really have to go into it. She's hot. We all know that. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's like Chell from um, Road to El Dorado. I laugh about that all the time. (laughs) See, the thing with Kida is, though, Like, she is a powerhouse of Mm -hmm. a character in Atlantis. Like, she is a warrior. She goes and she attacks the caravan coming into Atlantis before they get there, right? Mm -hmm. She's one of the people in the masks. She gets Milo, I think. But then you find out, hey, she's not all that bad. Kida's actually a pretty nice character. She's a a nice person. Mm Mm-hmm. And then once you see her fuse with the crystal at the end of the movie, she just wrecks fools. Yeah. She is incredible, just like Storm. Dude, Princess Kida is a great great pick for Storm. High five, buddy. High five. (laughs) Hey, high five over over the interwebs. I have a question. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I hope to God it wasn't this stupid website again, but did did Disney confirm they are making a live-action Atlantis. No, they did not. They did not. So that was just like another, we've got this covered. Hey, they're going to make five Atlantis movies. And instead of making um, Avatar, it's like, no, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I wish they would do Atlantis and Treasure Planet. I never had watched Treasure Planet. 
until everybody started requesting that I make them custom videos for it. So I finally broke down and watched the movie, and I'm like, wow, this movie is really, really good. I love Treasure Planet. I love Treasure Planet. It's it's not in my top five, but it's it's up there. It's top 10, top 15. Like, I, I really like Treasure Planet. The first time I'd ever seen it, I was probably 26, 27. Oh, okay. And I watched it five times in a week. That's a lot of times to watch a movie in a week. It's it's a really good movie. It's got a lot of heart, and the characters in it are something else, man. Exactly. Emma Frost is going to be our next character, James. Who do you got as Emma Frost? As a no-brainer, would it be Elsa? Yes, but I wanted to choose Jasmine. Mm. Okay, okay. Why Jasmine? Um, not only was Emma Frost powerful, but Jasmine's very powerful because she's a princess, not because she has superpowers. But if you can convince a super evil sorcerer dude by just telling him his beard's twisted, kind of the same thing with Emma Frost. (laughs) She was, she wasn't busted, so she convinced a lot of people to do whatever she needed to, so, um... Yeah, that's pretty much why I chose Jasmine. Well done. That's a very good pick for Emma Frost. Far better than mine. Because see, Emma Frost was one of the characters that I had a great deal of difficulty with. Same. I was going to do Elsa, but I was like, no, that's pretty basic. Right. Well, see, I wasn't even thinking that. Because a lot of people equate Emma Frost as being a good character. Because in recent media, she has been. But when she first came on the scene, she was a bad guy. And so that's how I've always thought about Emma Frost, first and foremost. And she's always been a member of the Hellfire Club. And so she was always very elegant and very, very put together. I'll put it that way, right? Mm -hmm. And I went back and forth between these two people. I first did Lady Tremaine. From Cinderella because <laughs> because of that. And because she was so manipulative, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, though, I had to go with my gut, which was Cruella DeVille. Because she is so put together. And she, like, if ever there was going to be a person in, like, a high society evil group, it's going to be Cruella DeVille. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cruella DeVille. Cruella DeVille. I love Cruella DeVille. That's a great song. It is. All right, my friend. You were pretty excited about this next pick, and it is Deadpool. Tell me, who is the Merc with the Mouth for you? Peter Pan. Okay. All right, that is <laughs> a really good one. He's such a jerk. He's such a jerk and <laughs> messes with everybody. It's Deadpool. <laughs> That is a good one. I And it's like everybody wants him to mature and move forward and he's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. That's a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> it just could you just see him messing with everybody and on top of it, now he can fly. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd really I could just see him running, like, flying circles around um, Professor X. 
Exactly. See, I was I was picturing the scene from Peter Pan when he's at Skull Rock and he's messing <laughs> he's Smee. messing with Hook and Mister Smee. Yes, <laughs> but in is, the Deadpool that's costume. Really funny. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's a really good pick. I like that one. Now, see, my Deadpool, I went with more of the ah, you can't kill him Deadpool, and I went with more of like the jokey Deadpool. So I went with the big blue guy himself, the genie. Ah. And now that I say that, and now that I say that, I I do know, and I fully admit this, it's not as good as Peter Pan because Peter Pan is a great pick. That is really that that might be the best pick you've had all night, James. I really like that pick for for Deadpool. See, for me, it was a toss up between, like my favorite picks. Oh well, we haven't gotten to him. <laughs> <laughs> No, that that's I mean, as of now, I think that and maybe Anna as Rogue. That and was a why well, do I like Fro- see I like uh Frollo too. I, I, I like Frollo as Magneto just because they both think they're doing something right, but they're it's like, no, you're really not. You need to stop <laughs> all your head. <laughs> exactly. What about uh Cable? That's the next one on the list. Now for me, I was like, man, what is Cable? Like, who is Cable? And in my opinion, he is Colonel Lyle Rourke, which is from Atlantis again. Oh, Lyle Rourke is the head guy on the expedition. He's the one that, spoiler alert, I suppose, betrays them all at the end. Yeah. He's the one who kidnaps Kida to take her back up to the surface. He not only looks exactly like Cable, but he acts exactly like Cable, where mm-hmm. Cable wants to go in there and just kind of take over things. Like he he's the one who wants to be in charge, and that's what I mean, he's a colonel. He's a colonel for a reason, right? He I'm leads the these mercenaries. <laughs> Hold the phone. There was an Atlantis video game. Yeah. Are you? There were two of them. Was there really? Yeah. So yeah, man, I think Lyle Rourke is just the perfect cable. Please, James, show me I'm wrong. (laughs) I chose Captain Hook. Versatile with the hook, cable has all the guns. And you know that at the, without even thinking twice, Captain Hook will take someone out. So will Cable. <laughs> Cable has no exactly. problem killing people. And Captain Hook can travel between worlds just like Cable can travel between time. That's true with his ship. That's a good one. I like it. Yes, I like that a lot. All right, moving on to one that I was actually surprised because I text everybody. I text I text you and Chris this idea of, hey, let's recast X-Men mm-hmm. with Disney animated characters. And then I sent a list of characters to you guys, and it had like eight or nine characters on there. And then a couple days later, you said, I have my list already. Fantastic. And I said, it's the same list that I sent. And you're like, what list? And then you sent me a list of 20 different <laughs> X-Men there was so many X-Men on this list. And I think the one that I was most surprised to see on here is actually from the new movie, New Mutants, Magic. Mm-hmm. So I got to think you have a good reason for putting her on here 
you have a good idea of who you want to cast as her. So please, James, who did you pick as magic? Uh, Rapunzel. So did I. Met. Oh, yeah. you did. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it's perfect. It's it's a perfect casting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know she's got the magic hair and um she can heal and stuff like that. So, but it, exactly, I mean she's got the look down. Yeah, like that is a very very control C control V like copy paste. So. <laughs> Not only that, but I just think it would be fun to watch Rapunzel running around the forest with the sword. Just taking people out. Like, it right? was a lot of fun watching her fight with the frying pan. But, ah, come on. Come frying on. Frying pans, right? Who knew? Give her, give that lady a sword. I can't even get my <laughs> nose right. <laughs> all right. This is one of my favorite X-Men of all time. Oh, yeah. I love Gambit. Yes. Just everything about him, man. Just from his look to his his cockiness, his attitude, his powers. I think his powers are just so much fun. Right? He's just an awesome character. And I know a lot of people think he is overrated. I do no, not. No, not at all. James, who did you cast, my friend? Jim Hawkins. That's cool. That's a good one. I like that one. He's so cocky. <laughs> and he would look like Gambit. Yeah, with very little work. Yeah. I agree. See, to me, Jim Hawkins runs just a little bit young. Oh, he's definitely on the young side. Yeah. So I went with a little bit older on on my gambit. I went with a rogue, same as you. I went with somebody who's a lot of fun, who has that same charm and charisma, I think, that Gambit has. I went with Flynn Rider. Mr. Oh, okay. Flanagan Ryder Excellent from Tangled choice. would, I think, just kill it as Gambit. I think he'd be great. <laughs> You're like, I chose Thomas O'Malley. What the? <laughs> <laughs> what hey, the man. heck? For an alley cat, that cat's got swagger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <it does. laughs> no, I think Flynn Ryder is a great perfect choice. Gambit. Not only oh, yeah. does he have the look of Gambit, not only does he have the same cockiness and the swagger that Gambit has, but he's also a thief. And I think that people forget that Gambit was a thief originally Mm -hmm. in the comics. So you have somebody is just Flynn Rider to me is the Disney version of Gambit. Like if ever there was going to be a one-to-one comparison, Flynn is Gambit just minus the red eyes, you know, and the, Mm -hmm. Touching, blowing things up powers. I think that's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as much as I love Gambit, and he is my favorite character in X-Men, that pick did not excite me as much as our next pick, which is Wolverine. And if you don't mind me going first, James... By all means. I think I will. Now, when you think of Wolverine, what do you think of? You think of anger, right? You think of rage. You think of just claws a blazing. And when I think of Disney and I think of anger and I think of rage and I think of blazing tempers, I think of none other than Mr. Donald Duck. <laughs> I would love to see Donald Duck just killing people, hacking them up. I'm done with you. You're you're getting you're turning into sushi. Exactly. Now, wouldn't it be great 
to hear <laughs> that Donald Duck voice going, just quacking. I'll up be a back, storm. bub. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the best at what I do, but what I do is not very nice. <laughs> just all of these Wolverine one-liners, just in that quacky Donald Duck voice. Although I will say, James, have you watched the new Ducktales show? No, but you were saying it was really good. It's a lot of fun, and it's very different from the old Ducktales. Like. This one, I think, has more of an overarching story than the original one did. But that being said, the season finale of season one, you see Donald get a voice box put in by Gyro Gearloose. And the voice that comes out of Donald is amazing. It is really very funny. And so I was like, that is the perfect Wolverine right there. That is who I'd love to see. I mean, don't you always see Donald getting mad and just throwing hammers and throwing, like, what is it, uh, fire hydrants and all that kind of stuff at people, boxes? Mm -hmm. He's got the little uh, swear marks all over his head. (laughs) I love Donald Duck. Donald Duck reminds me a lot of myself because I can get rather irritated rather quickly. Just the way, same way Donald can, and I appreciate seeing that in a character. <laughs> I, I like seeing myself represented on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta agree with you, that would be uh, pure rage. <laughs> Who did you cast as Wolverine, James? Tarzan. Alright. That's more of a... Uh, I, 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 like, that, that is a great pick. That is a very good pick. And he doesn't... He doesn't entirely know his past, so sure. Oh, uh, dude. Mm-hmm. Man, you and, and you could have deep with these characters. I I'm, like this. Well, a lot. Marvel goes deep with their freaking characters. So, and yeah. and the thing is, who's the who's the guy from Tarzan that's the villain? Clayton. So Clayton could be Striker, and imagine imagine him putting the claws onto Tarzan. And he has now even more power, and you just see him just slicing down vines and stuff like that. As he's as he's tree surfing, mm-hmm. mm. just getting it out of his way so he can just attack people. <laughs> Dude, you know like that it. would be a ruthless movie. <laughs> that would be a ruthless movie. I do like it. <laughs> I do like that a lot. Very. He nice. would be absolutely unstoppable if he had adamantium. <laughs> So, all right, man. Well, that that's a really good pick. Like at first, you're like, "Oh, that's that's one of the more obvious picks." But then, when you really break it down, like the way that you did, you're like, "That's that's a really good pick." Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Who did you pick as Psylocke? Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Yes. All right. Very nice. Why is that? Got to have that exotic look. Yeah, I agree with that. It's hard not to. Psylocke it would be hard wasn't to busted. cast some. <laughs> huh? Psylocke wasn't busted. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be hard to cast somebody like Megara as Psylocke because, like you said, like Psylocke has a very certain look about her. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like. In the comics and in the shows and whatnot, she's uh, Japanese. So, 
I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It would be difficult to put Meg or Snow White or somebody in there. Although it would be fun to see Snow White. <laughs> oh, God. Snow White has, like, no ability. She's pretty helpless. She is. Just like, you know how you did your recording for the Snow White, which if the listeners have never listened to that, shame on you. It's it's amazing. Oh, thanks, but man. you look at that original story, she is so stupid because she doesn't listen to what they're saying. She's like, hey, exactly. don't answer the door for anybody. Okay. <laughs> oh, I got poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. But in the in the original story, it makes a little bit more sense because, like, she's a child. She's like six or seven, and she in trashes the their movie. house. Yeah, it's just funny. they're just like, uh, what happened to my cup? It's all dirty and stuff. But in the in the Disney version, it's like my cup's been washed. It's like she's Sugar's she's gone. the clean one, and and they're the dirty ones. But in in the, in the original, they're like, um, what the heck? Our house was spotless, and now it's all trashed. <laughs> Well, I did not go with Snow White for Psylocke, just well, that's to be good. clear. <laughs> for Psylocke, see, Psylocke's a ninja, right? Like, she's got really cool telepathic abilities, but she is a ninja. She is a skilled hand-to-hand combatant. And I don't think there is another female in all of Disney who is a better hand-to-hand combatant than Mulan. Great choice. Um, She's not Japanese, she's Chinese, but she does still have that, you know, ethnic look about her. Mm. But, man, just in ter- like, I don't even care about that. It's like in terms of skill and in terms of just everything, like the physicality that Mulan could bring to Psylocke, it's perfect. In my opinion, anyway, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> I gotta tell you, the last four and the next character we pick is the last one. So these last four, I've been really high on my, my liking scale of these selections I've made. (laughs) Good choices. (laughs) Oh man. All right. So the last character that we are going to pick is Mr. Charles Xavier. You got to choose an Xavier when you're recasting the Mm X-Men, you know, now full disclosure, the way I came up with this idea was because AJ from the 90s Disney podcast put up a picture of Psylocke. Oh, well, put up a picture of Pocahontas dressed as Psylocke. I said, oh, that's really cool. But can you recast all of the animated show as Disney characters? I said, because I have my list. And he said, I can't. But as long as your Xavier is this person, I'll be happy. And I said, that is a much better pick than what I had. And so I decided to go with it. It's Scrooge McDuck. Ah, Scrooge McDuck is a great Xavier. He is independently wealthy. He does nothing but adventure, exactly the same way as Xavier does. And he is, like we see in the movies, Xavier can be kind of swayed by... Mm-hmm. Like good press, right? Like when the X Men are doing well, he kind of gets a big head about him, and we see that a lot in the Dark Phoenix, that last movie that came out. Exactly. And Scrooge McDuck kind of has that same thing going on, but Scrooge McDuck is also just a really smart character, and he'd have to be to track down all of these artifacts that he has. So that is my selection for Xavier. 
James, my friend, who is your bald Chuck? Woody from Toy Story. Woody? <laughs> you got to explain yourself on that one because I don't <laughs> see it right out the bait, right out the, ga- the gate. Woody is always the leader. He's always thinking about. He, I can't say he is selfish in his own way, and Charles Xavier could be selfish in his own way, but he's generally thinking of the most important task for the entire group and for humanity, and that's pretty much what Woody's doing now. Is he thinking of the entire humanity? No, but he's thinking about the safety of the entire group, and that's generally what Charles does. So, and he's extremely intelligent. Um, he's pretty much been there since the beginning before anybody else. So now was he the very first mutant? I don't think he was. Um, no, that's apocalypse. That's apocalypse. So, but, but he was one of the originals. So, um, and just like Woody is one of the originals in the movie, it's, it's just kind of like how, um, you know, Charles meets, uh, all these people throughout time. So does Woody. Nice. So that's that's very well thought out. Like I said, it, again, immediate impression was ah, <laughs> Woody is Xavier. That's ridiculous. But then you put it, you lay it out like that. You're like, man, again, crushed it. Very nice. Thank you. Very nice, my friend. All right, James, we have come to the end, my friend. You want to go ahead and give me a rundown of your your list again, real quick? Yes, sir. Um, so. Right out the gates, Gaston for Colossus, Ariel for Jean Grey, Eric as Cyclops, Maleficent as Apocalypse, Anna as Rogue, Mushu as Mystique. That's probably the worst one I picked. <laughs> um, Frollo as Magneto, Beast as Beast, Hunchback as Night- Nightcrawler, Kita as Storm, Jasmine as Emma Frost, Peter Pan as Deadpool, Captain Hook as Cable, Rapunzel as Magic, Jim Hawkins as Gambit, Tarzan as Wolverine, Pocahontas as Psylocke, and Woody as Professor X. Very nice, my friend. And I had Hercules as Colossus, Candace Flynn as Jean Grey, Robin Hood as Cyclops, Pete as Apocalypse, Princess Tiana as Rogue, Iago as Mystique, Grunkle Stan as Magneto, Wreck-It Ralph as Beast, Milo Thatch's Nightcrawler, Princess Kida as Storm, Cruella DeVille as Emma Frost, Genie as Deadpool, Lyle Rourke as Cable, Rapunzel as Magic, Flynn Rider as Gambit, Donald Duck as Wolverine, Mulan as Psylocke, and Scrooge McDuck as Charles Xavier. Guys, what do you think of our lists? Whose list is more correct than the other one? Let us know. And if you have any ideas of your own, who did you want to cast as any of these X-Men? Let us know in the comments, or you can go to our show page and leave us an audio message. We'll actually play it on the show if and when you do. Thank you so much. And that's the end for this week anyway. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I know James appreciates it as well. We have had quite a few laughs this episode, mainly directed at my own expense. (laughs) 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 No, but James, 
where can people find you, buddy? Um, yeah, Facebook, Instagram. If you do like memes, I have the Walt Disney iFunny account, and I make a lot of original content. Um, and uh, I also do a lot of videos and put a hidden Mickey in the video. So if someone actually finds a hidden Mickey, I let them be a part of the Mickey Mouse Club, and we do all kinds of like um, online Discord chat, and uh, we watch movies and stuff together. Uh, we we actually do a podcast together too. So just uh, adds another layer to the uh, entertainment aspect of it. So try to do something different like Walt does. Absolutely. What's the name of the podcast, buddy? The uh, Disney iFunny Podcast. There you go. Very straightforward, right? <laughs> right to the point. Man. It's exactly. a weird combo, but it makes it work. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, my name is Bryce, and I have been the host. And you can find me all over the place. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. Just search the Nocturnal Disney Podcast on Facebook. Search at Nocturnal Disney on Twitter. And on Instagram, it's at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. You can email me, if you like, at NocturnalDisney at gmail.com. And until next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Bye-bye.